It's the two sexy Puerto Rican studs, Ortiz Santana, repping that, that LAX 5150. My vision is 2020. You want our 2020 podcast? Y'all listening to that 20 by 20 podcast, the best of wrestling, the best of hip hop. Check it out. Boom. Ow! 2020 podcast, bro. What? 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Here we go. This is episode 117 of the 20 by 20 podcast. And I'm your host, Nathan McFly. Flying Dolo today, but it's all good, it's all good. Woodrow will be back over here in the spot next week. How's everybody doing? Hopefully everybody doing well. Going into the last weeks of the summer. Everybody's trying to, you know, get they, you know, get they summer fly on. I can understand that. Everything is good, but guess what? 20 by 20 podcast is here for you. And Storyline Tees, keep remembering that name, Storyline Tees. We're here, we're open. We just put out a a pre-order for our Macho King shirt. If you haven't seen it, please go to Storyline Tees underscore LLC on Instagram and you'll see what we're talking about or just go to our Instagram page at 20 by 20 podcast. And you'll see what we got going on. You said, well, we were, what are we promoting at the moment? Shout out to Otherworld Rio for helping us bring that uh, that art to life. You know, it it's inspired by the 90s hip hop t-shirts, the bootleg t-shirts. Uh, I always loved those as a kid. And everybody know Macho King was that dude, especially in the late 80s, early 90s. So I felt like the whole scheme rolled well together and we made it happen, man. Me and Woodrow made it happen. So I hope you guys are tuning in. I hope you guys are putting in your pre-orders. Shirts are coming very soon. Shirts will be in by next Friday or Saturday. So please, please put in your pre-orders because if we need to order more, we'll order more. And besides that, a lot a lot of things have been going down in the world of pro wrestling and i'm just talking about the stuff that's going down in the ring uh outside of the ring i would like to bring this to attention of course i have to r.i.p kamala the ugandan giant uh man it was shocking to hear on monday that kamala passed away and then we hear Kamala Harris, not not uh not Joe Harris, <laughs> I mean James Harris, Kamala, but Kamala Harris is gonna be running with, you know, this guy over there, Joe Biden. But Kamala was an interesting character, especially for me growing up. You know, I grew up in an era watching wrestling where. I know the kids in my era thought everything was real. Thought everything was, you know, legit. No work, everything was legit. And it's just, it's crazy, you know, like you grow up and then you see like, you know, you start seeing the other side of pro pro wrestling. You start seeing these wrestlers as regular people. You know, and you know, eight, nine years old. You're not, you're not looking at it that way. You're just looking at it as characters on TV, just like any other television show. You know what I mean? 
or even when you watch pro sports, when you watch basketball, baseball, football, uh, hockey, whatever it may be, these guys are using their, those guys are using their, you know, real names, real governments, but they're also putting on a show for you. They're doing thing. They're doing things that they wouldn't do on a normal basis. Talk the way they do, you know, the smack they talk, the way they, you know, roll through any court, whether it be like basketball court, baseball field, football field, ice rink. You know, they they do it with the pop and circumstance that makes the sport as gravitating as it is. But back to Kamala, I mean, I remember seeing the vignettes on WWE Superstars on Saturdays. And this guy's popping up out of these misty waters. And me still, me thinking they're actually in Africa when they're probably in Vince McMahon's backyard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And being actually afraid. Afraid. He didn't talk. And then when he did, it was just like sounds coming out of his mouth. You know, his moves in the ring were very awkward. It was just like a hunter, you know, uh, a person that was from the wild. They didn't know how to fight, you know, professionally. Didn't do moves in the ring. I mean, when he did that sidekick, which is basically a super kick, you know, this guy's six foot four, 300 pounds, and he got that kick up there. And when he did these leapfrogs over guys like Undertaker and Hogan, I mean, you, you got a guy that's six foot four jumping over another guy that's six foot seven, six foot nine, six foot ten, and just doing these karate chops. And I mean, looking at looking back at it now, it's an amazing feat to see, you know, that the athleticism in him that people don't really talk about. And, you know, listening to other people talk about Kamala and just seeing the tweets pour in, I didn't even know he slammed Andre. Like, WrestleMania 3 was built on Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Basically, their immovable, uh, what was it? The immovable force or whatever the fuck it is. And... He slammed Andre, and he looked like it took everything out of him to slam him. I see this video of Kamala slamming Andre, and I think I think it was like the early '80s, and he did it with such ease. I mean, probably Andre was a lot, you know, a lot slimmer at that moment, but just knowing that there was a couple of guys before Hogan, and one of them being Kamala, like that was very, very uh, interesting for me. You know, something that really stuck out to me. And one of the people that was very instrumental in his upbringing within pro wrestling was Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler was one of the first people that found him. And Jerry Lawler brought him into the Memphis Territory. You know, he talked about how he just came to his show, stopped him, and said, Mr. Lawler, you know, I want to wrestle for your promotion, da-da-da-da. And Lawler just looked at him and was in awe of him because of his size. And said, did anybody see you? And he's like, nah. He's like, all right, cool. He's like, yo, take a cab ride home. He's like, make sure nobody sees you, and we're going to keep in touch. He didn't want nobody to see this person backstage. Came out with him with uh, with a gimmick. And this is what Lawler said he was doing at the moment in the Memphis Territories. They were just building these heels and stars 
to face him because he was such a big baby face to beat him and for him to climb all the way back to beat him to beat you know the the villains and i'm thinking to myself i'm like wow imagine if a lot of the talent now were just so selfless you know what i mean like they, they wouldn't care to lose a title or build another star in order for them to come back even stronger to beat that star and for him to do that place kamala in that type of atmosphere where he's going to be that guy that world champion for a territory i mean this is the territory areas of course it was like about 20 to 30 different territories at the moment and i i just think it was very instrumental and very telling of the atmosphere of pro wrestling at that moment and i mean kamala died over here in new york city in brooklyn from what it's been you know it's been uh reported and i just want to you know send a shout out to his family and anybody out there anybody that wants to support the family and giving him the proper burial they have a gofundme page for kamala just type into your google machines and type in kamala gofundme page kamala james harris type that in you'll see the gofundme page anything anything will help 20 by 20 podcast and pro uh Storyline tease, we are going to put some money into that as well. So, R.I.P. Kamala, thank you for the memories. Uh, him being afraid of the Undertaker in the casket, <laughs> him giving uh all these other baby faces somebody to fight and fear. It was it was great. It's great to see, and for the youngins that don't know who he is or don't know much of him, I'm pretty sure you got the network, or I'm pretty sure you got a computer. Go to YouTube, type in Kamala, the Ugandan giant. You'll see vignettes. You'll see promos. You'll even, you'll even see the botch promos with Mean Gene that are hilarious. Oh, RIP Mean Gene. He was just a gift in itself. So please, please do... Uh, Go search that and go see what's up with that. Because you'll love, love what you what you find. One thing over here in the podcast that we didn't talk about last week was Brandy Rhodes. Brandy Rhodes started this uh, Heels Network, which is basically for female wrestling fans, women wrestling fans. That they could have a platform to talk and basically bond over something they love, which is pro wrestling. She has all the stars from AEW there, you know, for the you know for like these Zoom meetings and these meet and greets and stuff. I know she started with the ref. Uh, forgot her name, Audrey. Audrey. So, which is dope. I think the the whole the whole being of that type of platform is amazing i'm surprised that it hasn't been thought of especially after the speaking out movement you know it gives women fans a place where they could talk about something that they love in an open space with people who feel just as positive as they feel about it maybe even negative as they feel about certain things within pro wrestling. The one thing I think 
that people had a dislikening towards was the $50 annual fee of the platform. Now, people put that in to the hate tweets. People put it into the hate tweets that they're not paying attention towards the the women's division in AEW. I mean, if you think about it, the AEW's women division is still a construction zone. You know, it's like a coming soon attraction because who do they really have besides Ali, Britt Baker? Shout out to Swole. She's an amazing talent. I'm glad they have her there. Uh, Hiroku, which is the champ. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Sorry if I'm not. Um, they also have the Beast, Nyla Rose. But what do they have after that? You know, they have a whole lot of other talent there with no name. So they have to build on that. And they're not A1 talent. I, I, I'll I say that compared to what we see on NXT, WWE, or even in Impact. Impact has a great women's division with Jordan Grace, Deanna Parazzi, and all the other females that are there. But it, they have to. They have to build on what they have. Even if it's just four to five, maybe six different individuals there within the women's division, they have to build that. I feel that this tag, this tag team tournament that they're having within the women's division is taken away from it because it's not highlighting the skills of the individual. It's basically putting them together and hiding the deficiencies and just trying to have good, good product on YouTube. I feel like they shouldn't do that. You know, I don't know what happened to the Nightmare Factory, whatever that was, that uh, training zone that Cody wanted to open up, but they need to utilize that now. More than ever, they need to utilize that now and look into not only the indies, but even uh, women wrestlers within college who would probably want to have a career within professional wrestling. So that's what I think they should do. That's why I feel like it's just... I, I I don't know. I just feel like that's the more logical stance into building that women's division. And to have the female fans there. Because like she said, and I know it's just she was probably in character. And, and probably wording a lot of things wrong as well. When she said, you know, not all female fans are fans of women wrestling they like all wrestling and if this is not for you you don't need to join that just sounds not only petty but it sounds disheartening to the person that's trying to communicate with you and i know that person is trying to communicate with you it's coming off a little strong but i feel that at times with fans on social media the talent needs to be a little more you know, a little more open to what they're saying, even if they want to have a discussion, because they she she could have asked her, like, all right, so what do you think? And try to make a whole conversation out of it. But as fans, us as fans, if we're going to go into that realm with people in the business, you need to have your corners covered. You need to know what you're talking about, and you need 
to have an argument built. Because if not, there's no reason to write anything because you're just writing everything out of hate after that. If you have nothing to back up what you're talking about, it's all coming from a one-sided mind and generally it's probably coming from hate. So you have to you have to really build your argument and really just have that situated when you're going to go into a conversation or even uh you know an academic debate or whatever you want to call it or or an, an argument a rhetoric argument against people that's in the business cuz if not there's really no reason to say anything about it you're just saying stuff just to hate and then you're going to tag them they're going to get all crazy get all pissed and then they're the ones on the cover of all these other social media sites and all these other web blogs and everything looks bad. Everything looks all fucked up. It's ridiculous. But yeah, that's how that's how that's how I'm thinking. That's how I'm, you know Nathan McFly is thinking right now. But um, let's get into Monday Night Raw. Holy shit! Monday Night Raw started off strong. Very, very strong, and it started off with Seth Rollins and Dominic. Uh, Seth, as we can see now, and we probably always knew he's better off as a heel. I mean, him and his Jim Jones gimmick right now, uh, it's, it's speaking wonders. It's really telling of the character, and he's really, really into it. And you can see it by the way he talks and his mannerisms and everything. He's just really into what he's doing. So he's liking it. He's embracing it. This is what a lot of the talent needs to do. They have to embrace what they have. Even if it doesn't work at first, you work at it. You work at it. You study the character. You make the character believable. You make the character primetime television is what Seth is doing right now. So shout out to Seth on that. Shout out. Also, big, big shout-out to Dominic Mysterio. This kid, if you're in the PC right now and you're busting your ass, busting your ass every day, I know there's reports that a lot of, a lot of the training at the PC is not really going down at the moment and the trainers are not feeling that, but if you're still training on your own, you know, still pushing them weights and all that other stuff. And you see an 18, 19-year-old kid like Dominic just because of who his father is getting a SummerSlam match with Seth Rollins. That's going to eat at you. That's going to fucking eat at you, man. Because you're going to think to yourself, this kid does not have what it takes. This kid did not, did not do his dues. You know what I'm saying? He didn't do anything in order to garner the position that he's in. You're telling yourself that. You're 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 boggled by the fact that this kid is going to be at SummerSlam and you're just in the PC. But you know what? This kid Dominic what he did to gain the respect of his peers. And his peers is everybody in the PC. His peers is everybody in NXT. His peers is everybody on that main roster. He took that candlestick beating like a man. And he went the old school route for respect. And I thought it was 
a crazy image. Like, this is what those trainees that are in the crowd right now, those NXT talent that are in the crowd right now, to build up that crowd noise. Look at what Dominic did in order to gain the respect and earn the spot that he's in right now with Seth Rollins. Look what he did. He took a beating and a half. And, I mean, it's telling. Look at everything on Twitter after that. Twitter blew up. I'm pretty sure he was trending. And you have heel luchadores in the Ligados, the Fantasma. You know what I'm saying? You have Andrade, Garza, Santos Escobar, all tweeting and telling him, Dominic, you're not alone. La raza está contigo. The race is with you. I caught chills as soon as I read that. Because this all goes back to a lot of the stuff that we've said on this podcast a year ago, two years ago. When that one picture, when Rey Mysterio came back for the Royal Rumble, I think it was two years ago. And there was a picture with him, uh, Andrade, holding the NXT Championship at the moment. Humberto Carrillo. Uh, Zelina Vega was there. Um, Jesus, who else was in that picture? There was other Mexican wrestlers in that picture. And everybody thought, wow, is this the... The sprinkles is this the beginning, the coronation of a new LWO. And that's how I felt reading those those tweets from those talents. Because it wasn't just tweets from talent on the main roster on Raw. You had people in NXT as well telling them, we got your back. Don't worry about it. And Rey Mysterio answering those tweets. Saying that pagar, like he's gonna pay for what he just did. And I mean WWE right now, without a crowd, has to listen to social media as much as possible. Has to listen to just whatever audio, what whatever you know feedback they can get of their product. This could be something big. This can be something not only inspirational to, you know, a race, but just take the whole industry by storm. Think about a stable with Andrade, Garza, Hijo de Fantasma, Los Ligados, Rey Mysterio at the helm with Dominic as the young boy. And if they turn heel or they just, oh my God, the the outcome of this can be so magical. I mean, I we put a tweet out. We put an Instagram post out with everything, you know, with the screenshots of the Twitter and 
people are like, I'm all for the LWO. I'm all for a new formation of the LWO. I mean, it's there. The, the want is there within the community, within the universe. It's there. Why not go and just capitalize off of it? Even if it's just for a year, capitalize off that. And another side note throughout all of that, Samoa Joe. This is Nathan McFly, the 20 by 20 podcast, and this episode was sponsored by Dream Match Wrestling. You're asking yourself, who's Dream Match Wrestling? What's Dream Match Wrestling? Let me tell you who Dream Match Wrestling is. He is the master designer, the hand behind the pen, who helped us bring to light our ideas on the Brian Pillman shirt, Shawn Michaels shirt, Finn Balor shirt that we got going right now. And he has many, many more designs. And if you want to see what he's doing with his Dream Match scenario line, this is what you got to do. Go www.dreammatchwrestling.shop. You want to get in touch with him individually? Go to his Instagram page, at Dream Match Wrestling. You got an idea for a logo, an idea for a shirt, an idea for a portrait. Whatever it may be, he brings the ideas to light, brings it in front of you. Because he is the master designer, the hand behind the pen. He is Dream Match Wrestling. Check it out. Now back to the pot. Samoa Joe has been phenomenal. Him as a broadcaster, just giving his play-by-play is cool. But when they give him that mic and they give him his time to shine, he goes out there and does what he does best, which is promo work. Besides promo work, he is a phenomenal wrestler. We all know this. We all know how good Joe is. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that wants to see Samoa Joe back. And I think Samoa Joe would be a natural fit for what MVP is doing right now. And th- this is a time of factions. It's a time of factions. And what's crazy is they're a little too heel heavy. They got to have something that's more for the younger crowd. You know, they got to have the baby face, the baby face faction. The baby face faction has to be there. It has to be strong. It has to be something that is basically, you know, entertaining, badass, and something that kids are not going to be worried about to go to school or... We don't know if they're going to go to school inside the building, but they're not going to be worried about going to their Google classrooms or their Zoom chats and say like, oh, did you see such and such and what he did against, you know, the Hurt Business? Oh, I hate the Hurt Business. I hope hope something happens to them. I hope Juke McIntyre gets them. Like, we don't have that no more. You know, when NWO was out, nobody could really stick it to the NWO until Sting came back. You're like, oh, Sting is going to come and beat all their asses, you know? Or when the the corporation was coming at mankind and they were doing everything and anything in their power in order for mankind not to be champion. And who came out to help them? DX was there. DX was just like these tweeners. They could go either way. But who came out and helped them? Who got the biggest pop of that night when he won the championship? 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was a faction all on his own. That's what we need. And that's what I think is really, really missing out of professional wrestling. But reason why that big, big main star is missing is because it's not about the individual. It's about the whole. It's about the brand. That's why we don't have those polarizing stars. John Cena came at the tail end of being that polarizing star. It's not about the individual anymore. It's about the brand. The brand builds the business. And I think that's why we don't have that one defining talent within any realm of professional wrestling right now. That's just me. But uh, Raw Underground, uh, they did away with the strippers. Strippers are not there anymore. <laughs> uh, Shayna cleared house. Shayna looks strong. I feel like what they're going to do with Raw Underground, they're going to highlight new talent. I mean, they, they brought Riddick Moss back. Riddick Moss looks strong. I seen Arturo Ruas, guy from ROH, uh, badass, you know, with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, Dabo Cato, looking like the next big monster. He's looking like a Braun Strowman type. I just feel if they do this correctly, bring in those those hybrid talents that could bring in those two realms that they want to bring in, the pro wrestling, which is the entertainment. MMA, the underground, which is, you know, that UFC culture. Bring back... Look, Ken Shamrock said he want to come back. If he wants to make a shoot fight look good, he's like, holla at me. Holla at him. I'm pretty sure he's just on a day-to-day contract in Impact. Impact ain't got the money for him. Holla at him. He can make a star. He can make people look good and bloody them up at the same time. Um, Hey, want to make the underground look crazy? Bring in McGregor in. Bring McGregor in. Why not? Just him coming in with the suit and then just out of nowhere kicking the living shit out of somebody and him just ripping the shirt off and just flexing with that crazy tattoo he got on his chest, yo. That, those are all looks that Raw Underground needs. I feel like they just need to know how to bring it all together they're putting in little pieces here and there. This is the reason why I am not going to turn away from this. It was something different. It's something they're working on. And I feel like it's something that they can really bring to light. They're not overproducing it the way they overproduce a lot of stuff. To their to their advantage, when they overproduce some things, some things come out amazing. Hence, i.e., Boneyard match, Fire, uh, Firefly Funhouse match, um, the Swamp, the Swamp match. I don't care what anybody says. That has gave, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Braun Braun some new life, a new wrinkle in his character that he didn't have. That has given him a whole new world to go into and develop his character and be something else. He needs that. And the Swamp Match gave it gave it that. So, 
shout out to that. But when they really go in on it, they know what they're doing. Sometimes, you know, it looks a little meh. Like, you know, the Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream match, I feel like that was a little too much. Could have, you know, it could have been a little more, a little more basic. They could have just had a, a match in itself because they're both amazing talents. But, you know, not everything's going to be a hit. You're going to miss sometimes. Nobody hits a thousand, so you already know what it is. Randy Orton. Sending Ric Flair to the old folks home. I didn't... I mean... I can't say I didn't see it coming. But... Randy, at this moment, doesn't trust anybody. Randy is for himself. And Randy just wants that belt. And I'm hoping that... He gets it. I would love to see Drew Drew McIntyre go on a chase again. Drew McIntyre is looking a little too confident in his ways. A little too confident in his abilities to where I could see him slip up and lose that match. And it could tell a story. Randy could haunt him all the way to Rumble. Or all the way to WrestleMania. I don't mind Drew as champion. I don't mind as Drew as a two-time champion. Because he's given us great matches. Even though the story between him and Ziggler had a good base, had a good foundation. But wasn't told to the point where like it was going to draw in the casual fan. Or draw in, draw in even the, you know, the regular fan. But once you've seen the match, you know, it was a little something different. It was extreme rules, just one way, not both ways. And they both gave a stellar match. Great match. Most of the matches that he's been in has been really good. He's showing new new points within his character and just new moves. Just even the, the pop-up he does off his back. That's something new. That's not anything that he was doing. He's over here flying over the top rope. So, little little wrinkles here and there that he, he's putting in his, you know, little chinks in his armor that we're going to see soon. Because Randy Orton is going to expose a lot of that. And I feel like if Randy Orton exposes a lot of it, make him look like the rookie in the match... Then you got a story where Drew, Drew's like maybe doubting himself again. Maybe he doesn't know if he was really that good. But this can all turn into a story where he has to build himself back up to go against Randy Orton again. And I feel like that is something that uh, WWE needs. WWE needs a story going into the next year. And another story they could have is Big E. You know, Big E, he's out there doing his single stuff. A lot of people are behind him because a lot of people has been waiting for this. But I want to see something different within Big E's arsenal. I want to see him do some of the power moves he used to do when, you know, when it was Big E. I got time. You know, give me five. I need some of that type of Big E. And I think we're going to start seeing that little by little. You know, it's only been a week or two, so we're going to start seeing it little by little. But shout out to Big E and wishing him all the best. Uh, he's He raised seven, a little over $7,000 for the NAACP 
out in Florida. Uh, it was a shirt of him and Kofi Kingston kneeling down and putting the fist in the air. Somebody graphic that, put it on a shirt. And, you know, he's giving the money. He's giving all proceeds over to uh, an amazing cause. So, shout out to him, man. Shout out to Kofi, Xavier. Shout out to all of them. They're doing some really big, big things over there. Uh, now we're going to get into Wednesday. I mean, AEW did a lot of tag team. I mean, they're always doing a lot of tag team. That's why I didn't understand the tag team appreciation night stuff. Until the segment with Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Rock and Roll Express, the Bucks, and the Revival. Now, I've been thinking myself that the Revival has a hidden agenda. They're not trying to be cool with people. They're, they're definitely not. They've said that since, since before. They're not. And everything that I've seen between Arn and Tully... It looked, it looked a little awkward, you know what I mean? Because, like, Tully was very fierce and, and ready to, ready to, he was with the shits at the moment. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, so if this is what Tully wants to do and the Revival's over here bigging up everything, Young Bucks are not bigging up everybody, they're bigging up the Rock and Roll Express because they're saying that a lot of the stuff they do came off of them. I'm like, what's going on here? And then I see the Revival to attack the Rock and Roll Express, which would probably lead into a match at Double or Nothing. Maybe they'll have the OGs over there versus the Revival. I mean, I know the Revival has been waiting on a moment like this, and everybody knows the Rock and Roll Express are still performing till this day. They're probably the tag team of the century. When I seen them at HOG... I'm like, what in the fuck is going on here? It was the Rock and Roll Express, if I'm not mistaken, versus Santana and Ortiz. And I'm like, whoa. Like it, it was just it was it was a mind fuck. It was it was a it was a literal mind fuck when I seen that. But you know, seeing Ricky Morton doing Canadian destroyers at sixty five is just a, a phenomenal thing to see. <laughs> but um after that, you know, I started thinking, all right, you know, that that little that little bullshit knee injury that uh Dash had, that was just bullshit. It was just easing people in, easing people into the plan. And I feel like the plan is to make the four horsemen. I mean they had they got Sean Spears there. You have your tag team there and it's just, who's the fourth man? You know, I, I've talked to I've talked to people. I talked to my boy Dream Match. I've talked to my boys Bing, LP, Shice, and you know, it's just all across the board, from Hangman Page to Cody, to uh, you know, even Kenny Omega. I heard somebody say at one point, and I don't even see Kenny Omega as that type. But to see Cody or Hangman as the fourth member would be a, a crazy, crazy thing to see. You know, like, it could be, instead of that match against the Rock and Roll Express, it could be Hangman, Kenny Omega, and Hangman turns on Kenny 
Revival win the titles. Then what? You know? Then you have yourself that four. And maybe Arn Anderson turns on Cody. And Cody's only peoples are the Young Bucks. Kenny could go into like a phase where he goes back into the cleaner. He don't trust anybody. You know, he's just out here being quote unquote the best bout machine. There's a lot of things they could do with it. There's so many different layers within this one story that they could go in, in a multitude of directions and win on it. So I'm really, really excited to see what comes about on that. Brody Lee challenging Cody for the TNT title at Double or Nothing and doing it with the old TNT title, saying he's going to beat the living holy hell out of him and then give him that title and take the title he got. I mean, we've seen this before with Moxley, how he took Moxley's title. But is Brody Lee finally, finally going to win the title? That's the story. Because everybody was waiting for Scorpio Sky to win that title. I mean, I, I, I looked at the tweets. I was following the hashtags of AEW Dynamite. And everybody was waiting at the edge of their seats to see if Scorpio Sky was going to get that three count. And shout out to Mike Kyoto. Mike Kyoto is AEW, but them stripes look funny on him. And the stripes was looking funny on him. All right, Julio. Heartbreak Julio, you know, he mentioned that, man. Them stripes look a little funny on him, man, because we don't, you know, we don't see the, the blue shirt of SmackDown or the WWE logo on him. But, uh, you know, shout out to him. Shout out to him and his four count. You know, <laughs> can't believe he gave that a four count. That was crazy. But, uh, yeah, so I would love to see Brody Lee win this title because I feel like he needs it. And I don't think he should be fed to their two top baby faces and lose at the moment. I mean, the Dark Order is really gaining some momentum, winning matches and bringing in people into their stable, trying to bring people into their stable. I feel that at this moment with that title, it'll, it'll give him a little more leeway to lure certain people within his stable. So I, I don't think he should be fed to the... To the top title, then the mid-card title, then where you go from there with Brody Lee. What kind of relevance does Dark Order have if he doesn't have anything? If he goes for those two titles, loses both titles, how is how is his peoples going to look at him? And look at him as a failure then. It's going to be a revolt within uh, <laughs> the Dark Order, you know what I'm saying? So we got to see what's good with that, man. We got to see what's good with that. Uh, besides Double or Nothing that's heating up, we got NXT 30 heating up. The match is set with Karrion Cross and Keith Lee for the NXT title. Keith Lee, they did the old school okie doke with the fireball to the eyes. Uh, I kind of get this because he already had somebody, you know, play with his eyes. Johnny Gargano with the key. And all the other stuff. And this just ties more into it. Probably messes up his vision a little more. He needs to really work that angle. I feel like this angle needs to be worked heavily into the match. If the title is going to be changing hands. 
this has to be worked heavily into the match. Because if Keith Lee loses, he can't look weak. He cannot look like he lost fair. Because Keith Lee's only had that title for no more than like 30 days. I'm sorry. To me, this match was rushed because there is no other heel for him to face because they fed him people during Wednesday nights on NXT. I feel like they should have gave him, hate to say his name, but the Hogan treatment where Hogan is not going to be seen that much on NXT, but you see the vignettes and you see the promos, and then you have them there every other week or so. But him facing Karrion Cross right now, as hot as Karrion Cross is, Karrion Cross is bum rushing through everybody. Karrion Cross would have probably been the best person to put into the ladder match for the North American title, but he already set his sights out for Keith Lee. And if it's not a dirty finish to have Karrion Cross go over, let this be a draw. Let this be a draw and draw it out. To Survivor Series. Give yourself two matches. Let this draw to Survivor Series. Have a nice storyline. Why not get... um, Whatchamacallit? Uh, why not get... Mia Yim kidnapped? By Karrion Cross and Scarlet. Where it has Keith Lee going nuts. Because he's trying to get her. He's trying to look for her. This could be something that boggles his mind. This could be something that messes with him so much that he is off his rocker, off his feet. At the moment, he's supposed to be on it. Carrying Cross goes in for the kill. Goes in for that one, two, three, and beats Keith Lee. I feel like I just gave you the story right there. Beautiful story. It's powerful music. Shit you just aim to. Shout out to Jewels. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's something that uh should be really, really uh talked about. And something that I think that could really, really work if you think about it. Uh Velveteen Dream is back. He's back, but I don't know to how much fanfare he's back to. Uh, he has some really, really serious allegations towards him. Um, first, the first part of them, you know, looked like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't nothing crazy. Just people fucking with his shit. The second one was just insane. I did not think that he was coming back. So it was a surprise to me when I seen him in that triple threat match. Uh, I feel bad for Kushida. Kushida came in with a lot of momentum even after the loss to uh, Walter. He had a phenomenal match with Walter before his first loss in NXT. He got hurt and it hasn't been the same for him. So I'm just hoping that he gets it together. I'm actually liking how WWE is letting their foreign talent do promos, vignettes, whatever it may be. In their native language. Because if you think about it. Let's think about it as fans. When we watch New Japan. Or if anybody watches CMLL. The American talent out there. The Spanish talent. They're not talking in Japanese. 
They're talking in their native tongue and having some, you know, having the subtitle on the bottom of it. Letting the people of Korea, letting the people of uh, Mexico, Japan, China, where whoever's watching it, know exactly what they're saying. And I feel like that's what WWE needs to do. They're letting these people talk in their native tongue. Just put the subtitles so we know what they're saying. There's plenty of times I'm watching New Japan and I'm dying to know what the hell they're saying. And I got to wait for Darth Vader 1 on Instagram to let me know what the hell they're saying. It's fucking annoying. I want to know exactly what they're saying because they're popping the crowd. And they're, they're showing emotion. They're, they're saying stuff in the heat of the moment. I want to know what they're saying. Give me subtitles. That's what I want. Give me some motherfucking subtitles. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Need some damn subtitles. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I'm here dolo today. And I kind of ran through the topics. <laughs> You know, we're a little under an hour, but I just want to basically thank everybody for tuning in once again. Uh, thank everybody that's been pre-ordering the Macho King shirt. Truly, truly appreciate it here at the podcast as Storyline Tees. We truly, truly appreciate it. Me and Woodrow is working really, really hard just to bring you guys, you know, the flyest shit that we could bring you, man. You know... We want to make sure that if we put out a shirt, it's something that you're going to wear and you're not really worried about what people are saying. Oh, look, he got a wrestling t-shirt. Ah. Nah, you're going to be like, yeah, look at this. And then people are going to be like, yo, I remember that dude. That dude had dude had skills. Dude was crazy on the mic. That's a fly motherfucking shirt. Where'd you get that? <laughs> you know? We're just looking for the... For the eye popping, you know, for the for that draw. And we're hoping that you guys like what we're putting out. And yeah, man, that's what we do, bro. That's what we do over here at the 20 by 20 podcast slash storyline tease arena. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, we're going to, you know what? I'm going to throw a wild card for the song of the pod today. Throw a little wild card in there. See what you guys think about that. And if you guys have any thought on the on the music, you know, leave us a comment. We're gonna put some artwork for this uh for this podcast. Leave us a comment what you think about the music. Leave us a comment on what you think about the pod. If you have your own opinion of certain things that we talked about, please let us know. Cause then we could just come back next week and talk about what you guys felt about certain segments. You know, let's interact. Let's get together and talk. Why not? Why not? This is what is here. This is why this is here. This platform is here for us to conversate and see what everybody else thinks about certain situations that are going on within pro wrestling. So why not? Why the fuck not? But with that being said, please go to iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, whatever, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you can find us, wherever you hear us, subscribe, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, it makes it look good, you know, but whichever rating it is, just let us know what you think, man, so we can make it better and bigger than what it is now, 
Uh, follow us on YouTube, 20 by 20 Podcast. Uh, Instagram, at 20 by 20 Podcast. Twitter, at 20 by 20 underscore podcast. I'm Nathan McFly. He's SN2. He'll be here next week. And this was episode 117 of the 20 by 20 podcast. Shout out to the Nation of Domination. And shout out to Los Boricua. Sabio Vega, I know you're going to be in Flushing next week. Coming for you. <laughs> nah, nah. But we're going to be over there. We're going to talk. We're going to link, baby. Deal Sabio, you already know. Holla. Yo estoy. Yo estoy. To this world with nothing, naked and afraid. I'll probably leave this world with nothing but my legendary name. Put some muscle on the frame. Shoulder back, core and legs. Fuck the games. How's your aim? Buy a gun, hit the range. Tea time, well, good morning from the Buick. Open those textbooks. They don't teach you that your land is stolen. Pump you with some feeling like a thotty's lips. Now they swollen. Meet you in the afterlife, burning hell. Now we goes to shit getting crank. They got nothing to gain. Why? Fuck all that flexing if they got nothing to say. All the issues so much deeper than what's seen on the news. There's a bunch of Harvey Weinsteins in this music shit too. It's either run for your life or dance for your dinner. You can do as they say or you die and you wither. We don't splinter on the vine. Our timing is divine. Every day we live in history. Our life is on the line. Yeah. Lights off, mask up. I'm on edge. We don't pray with cops. They not your friends. Lights off, mask up, hide your face Turn the data off, now you can't be traced Slide through, show for your people Fuck you, ain't no one illegal Slide through, show for your people Fuck you, ain't no one illegal I'm off that Tony Delfino and Topo Chico bitch was popping I'm loud and aggressive, fuck being modest, where's the conflict? Rats and the possum still eating out the trash back Another day in hell, another name, another hashtag Old heads telling me it only gets worse Another go from me page, fuck it, open your purse Redistribute, disperse, now it's life in reverse I need my folks to get strapped and let that Uzi go burn Glock 9, make a bigot do the shoulder shrug Hope he got a couple friends, got enough for all of them hey. Cutting off the oxygen, kill us in the coldest blood I can never ease the pain, guess I didn't smoke enough The cold air, that's the rain from Peru yeah. All the spirits telling me the change is long overdue Whoa. The cold rain, that's the rain from Peru My spirits yeah. telling me the things I wish I knew in my youth Lights off, mask up, I'm on edge We don't pray with cops, they not your friends Lights off, mask up, hide your face Turn the data off, now you can't be traced Slide through, show for your people Fuck you, ain't no one illegal Slide through, show for your people Fuck you